If I come to your house and the dishes are in the sink, I would have thought, come on, Andrea. I already feel very nervous just thinking about becoming that girl. They use both qualitative and quantitative data, including consumer insight, in order to predict the trend for the next decade. Apparently, roughly 75 million of the global consumers of self-help services are actually millennials. Seeing a woman that is put together was more frowned upon. Most probably she didn't have time to be a good wife or a good mom. Women can be everything, just not at the same time. I am Andrea, and together with my co-host Anna, in this episode we'll be reflecting on a viral wellness trend called Becoming That Girl. Welcome to Sunder Characters. The reason we thought this was a subject worth discussing is because we came across it during our self-development journeys and also we were flooded on our TikTok pages with it. Anna, what does becoming that girl TikTok trend mean? I think this is such an interesting trend and it's not the first one we see go around. Every other month or so we have a brand new trend, but this one is encouraging women to become the best, most productive version of themselves. Because they say there's always that one girl that has her life together. She gets up really early to work out. She drinks her green juice, fills out gratitude journals, and also all around a very calming presence. Top users essentially are just sharing videos of them going about their that girl routine and also share advice on how to achieve this lifestyle. I already feel very nervous just thinking about Becoming that girl, for some reason, after I've seen a million TikToks of it on my For You page, I started thinking about all the many ways in which my life doesn't look like that. (laughs) Not every day anyway. We are really big consumers of social media. And I think it's really, really important to reflect on the things that subconsciously hit our screens, particularly when we scroll on any given platform. My For You page and your For You page on TikTok are fairly different. When we were talking about this subject, you mentioned something about getting enough sleep and my For You page was more about getting up at 5 a.m. So initially, my first reaction was to be a little bit annoyed to see yet another trend that encourages and values productivity over rest. Because I think there is a certain time and space for both. You can be productive, but we need rest to be productive, right? So I like the encouragement to become the best version of ourselves, but there are certain parts of this trend that I really don't like. How about you? I really see this trend from a positive point of view. and Maybe, I th- maybe it's got something to do with the fact that you're actually quite a positive person. Maybe, but I really enjoy seeing this trend go around. And I know being a trend... It just depends on our perceptions of it. And also because of our different perceptions, we'll just create fallbacks and disadvantages of it. I mean, Andre, when we initially started talking about this, you're like, I, I disagree. What do you mean you have to wake up so, so early every morning? You were more on the against the trend side of things, or at least that's how I kind of interpreted your perception of it. But you don't realize that you're working towards becoming that girl every single day. Wow. You're the type of girl, exactly. You're the type of girl that will say, I want to make my own bread and I need to take care of myself. Or no, I'm going to add more money in my budget for makeup and for skincare. I heard you say that so often. 
or Anna, I cannot do that to myself. I need to take care of myself. And for me, that's the idea of becoming that girl. You being so against it, I just couldn't understand it. It has to do with the way the social media platforms perceive this trend. If that means waking up at 5 a.m., working out for three hours, and then having the nicest breakfast, if that works for her, the way I look at these trends is more, this is what works for this girl. Wearing nice clothes, working out journaling first thing in the morning. But I only take the fact that different girls have different perceptions, different people react differently to, you know, what works best for them. Thank you for the compliment. I also think that you fall into that category of that girl, at least in my view. But genuinely, I didn't think that I would fall into that category, mostly because I feel that when you look at social media, there's a certain aesthetic that surrounds it. And my life is not that aesthetically pleasing in many ways. Yes, I do make my own sourdough. Yes, I do look after myself in ways that feel natural to me. Would I fit into that girl's social media trend? I don't know. Becoming that girl just seems to be the Gen Z rebranded version of girl boss or self-improvement. Things that we had previously, by definition, self-improvement is just a process of gaining new skills and knowledge to become a better person, both personally and professionally. This is nothing new. Just because they put a name on it, becoming that girl, doesn't mean this wasn't something we did in the past or that previous generations perhaps went through. Yeah, it just seems like they gave it a cool marketing name, you know, like a brand. I've been reflecting on the women in my life, in particular my mom and my grandma, because they are part of Baby Boomer as well as Gen X. In Eastern Europe, this emphasis on self-improvement or care or the importance of being the best version of yourself wasn't very trendy. I don't think it was when my mom was in her 30s. I don't recall that being the case. On the other side, I recall dialogues on the importance of being a great wife or being a great mother and always putting the family first. And that's how they measure women's success. If someone came into your house, the house had to be spotless. Otherwise, you failed as a woman. Wasn't the fact that someone came into your house and you were dressed nicely, you smelled nicely. No, no, no. Your house was the most important thing. Yeah, your house was your passport, I suppose. And in lack of social media, I guess everyone was that girl, that woman, that housewife. Exactly. So this would be an example of being that girl back in the days or in today's words. We can agree that there were exceptions. I also have aunties that were very well put together. Were they complimented by the society? I don't really think so. Or at least not by other women. Almost like it's a bad thing. Exactly. I think seeing a woman that is put together was more frowned upon. Most probably she didn't have time to be a good wife or a good mom. Wow. I mean, it's quite a step away from this girl trend. And in many ways, if you look at it from that perspective, I think it's a lot healthier. I absolutely agree. And I really enjoy where this idea of self-care for women, I can see how this evolved into something more positive. We always talk about facts and data, and when it came about this topic, it was relatively difficult because I wanted to do it justice. If I'm looking at a study done two years ago and how women measure success for themselves, probably doesn't really reflect what my mom or my grandma would have said back in the day. 
So I came across an outdated research, if you will. This research paper is from 2011. That's how far I could find something relevant and was conducted by the Pew Research Center's Global Attitudes Project. And one of their questions was, is success in life determined by forces outside our control? And examples of this will be fate, luck, or happenstance, which is just another way of saying coincidence. The findings concluded that an average of 60% of Europeans agree that success is not fully in their control, compared to 36% of Americans echoing the same feeling. The general definition of success is the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. For my mom and grandma's generation, which were born and raised in Eastern Europe, achieving this success was more about putting yourself last in order to be a great wife or mother. That is a huge amount of percentage in the difference of opinion and how success is defined in different cultures admittedly both of them fairly westernized and we discussed the communist era when we discussed freedom probably their perceptions were shaped so much more differently compared to us where their freedom was a lot more different back then in eastern european culture as well and perhaps the way you and i have experienced it is disassociation of a woman with being a good housewife, even though women actually do have jobs, obviously. Both my mother and my grandmother had jobs, and regardless of their career ambitions, they still had this, at least from my point of view, very unrealistic expectation that the house, the cleaning, the food, the children, everything needed to be perfect. Yeah, was the society pressure or the peer pressure? I think so, because who invented this rule even? It's just that everyone was doing it. And I think you kind of want to fall in line with what everyone else is doing. Otherwise, you live on the outskirts of a certain culture or a society, right? Like you were saying earlier that women who perhaps they were single or they were not married or they didn't have children, they were kind of outside of this box where the culture or the society valued all of these things above being independent and looking good and like wearing perfume and lipstick and so on. What I was trying to say is, of course, when you're trying to achieve all of that, something has to give. And I think in their cases, it was oftentimes their own time. On the other side of the story, there is also a lack of education, recognition and self-awareness. Because let's face it, if you're so busy looking after everything I said above, who the hell has time to do diary entries? How about meditation? How about journaling? It was just not a given. My grandma, for sure, was too busy ensuring that everything is ironed to perfection. She didn't have time to think about her own shortcomings. Her shortcomings were related to maybe a cake that didn't rise enough. To add this on top of fairly religious existence within the Eastern European culture, you can see how women from that generation can think that success is dependent on external forces. And it doesn't always show up in a very obvious way, but it does show up in the way they speak about themselves. So in this context, someone saying something along the lines, oh, I was so lucky my child slept through the night. Well, why wasn't it you who are a great mom who ensured that everything is perfect and your child went to sleep perfectly fine because you've put in the time and the effort? Mm -hmm. Or my child is misbehaving because he's lacking a father figure in his life because I wasn't lucky in love, maybe. Reading. So I'm not really able to do anything about this situation. It is what it is. My child just misbehaves. When you think about that setup in that particular context, meaning living in a world with no phones, no social media, no access to information, what was really the standard for being a great man? 
Who decided that? Who decided what's a great woman? Kind of everyone and no one at the same time. It was just so normal to spend a million hours obsessing about cleaning every corner of your house that journaling would have sounded like an out-of-the-world idea. And I'm really, really glad to see that we have moved away from that. I certainly am working every day to unpick this kind of Eastern European bad habits. We had a conversation many, many months ago. Even though now we live in Western Europe, advanced economy, and we were talking about going to someone else's house, even though we have the mentality we have today, where I will not try to judge a woman. Because if you and your partner live together, if I come to your house and the dishes are in the sink, I would have thought, oh, come on, Andrea. But it was very, very deep inside. I could hear my mom. I could hear my grandma. I could hear all the women in my life when I was a child. You and me both. Yeah. Because this is what happens when you're born in a certain setup. You and I, we both live in England. We do not live in the Eastern European society anymore. Yet this became our internal speech. I wish my mom was aware of this trend back in her 20s or her 30s. I think back then they failed to see how being the best version of themselves could positively impact their roles as moms and wives. I would have just liked to see my mom take care of herself a bit more. In some situations, maybe put herself first. And I'm not saying, you know, not take care of us or not cook for a full week because that's her week for mm. self-care. No, but one hour a week inevitably, this would have been such a strong example of how to allow ourselves uh, as her daughters to take personal care without feeling guilty. You can have a line without feeling guilty. I think it's just so much harder to do when we've got all these voices in our head telling us that we should be productive. What I take issue with is that there is an immense amount of pressure on women to also be all of that, the perfect housewife, the perfect everything. Women can be everything, just not at the same time. No, I agree. And I think there's a lot of pressure on men, but for different reasons. Yeah, for different reasons, of course. Anna, what do you think? Is this trend a step towards improvement or is it toxic positivity? I think it depends on our own perception of it. I mentioned that for me, this is actually the words improvement more than toxic, but then you can see the other side of it. The tab which is a tabloid-style news site written by students at top universities, discuss further this trend. And they're trying to answer the question, are there any problems with that girl TikTok trend? And they say, this is just a desire to reach your goals, but it's also about the idea of bettering yourself because of the belief that the you right now isn't good enough. In this article, they reviewed 20 pieces of advice TikTokers are giving out to achieve that girl vibe. And some of them, I think they are very useful. If someone is hurting you, you should leave them. You should eat more fruits and veggies. You should drink more water. You should leave a toxic relationship. Yeah, the issue I have with general advice like this is that it needs to be more context. Otherwise, it sounds a bit tone deaf. When you say things like, don't stay in toxic relationships, okay, we're lacking some context here. It's not that easy to leave a toxic relationship regardless of the kind. I think for me to answer this question of, is it a step towards improvement or is it toxic positivity? Becoming that girl TikTok trend started as a step towards improvement. Well, obviously someone has started it. 
And advice like eating better and reading more books is harmless. It just becomes toxic when we bring in the one size fits all aspect of it. And when we turn it into a certain aesthetic. So I have a few questions about that. How do you become that girl if your work starts at 5 a.m. or if you work night shifts? Question number one. (laughs) Question number two is how about if you don't have the funds to buy linen bed sheets and nice skincare and all of that or a certain brand of gym gear? Why not? What about if you're struggling with mental health issues? It's all these things that have turned into a certain aesthetic associated with becoming that girl that I take issue with. Because you can see how easily it can leave people feeling inadequate and encourage consumerism. And I think on surface level, even though it's a trend that's seemingly harmless, it could be good for all of us if we learn how to reflect about what serves us and leave behind what doesn't. Otherwise, I just feel like it gratifies a very curated, edited lifestyle. The green juice and the ribbed glasses, the expensive skincare, and the whole aesthetic, these are really good things, but they are also very surface level stuff. I would like to see this trend becoming a little bit more real, like looking after yourself in your normal, not so curated house. Why not show the mismatching glasses? You're still drinking water, right? Work out in the gear you have. Buy gym gear if you want to do so and if you can afford to do it. I would also like to see looking after your money and finances becoming a part of this girl TikTok trend. What would you like to add to it? I would like to see people focusing more on the positive side and take from it what makes the most sense for you. Mm -hmm. That's where the essence of this trend stands. When you talk about gym gear, I mean, the way I feel when I get ready to work out, if... The outfit looks great on me. I actually feel more motivated to go for a run or for a walk or for my workout. The aesthetic side of it helps so much. Yeah, I see your point. I didn't think about it, but you are quite right. And I do feel a lot better when I dress in a certain way for my workouts. I think it's more about getting into that mindset, making a little ritual out of it, I suppose. Exactly. And I've seen a lot of videos on this. Because this is not something that appeared yesterday, but a lot of girls said, especially with food, how they were triggered. But Andre, the way you present the food is so appealing. If something looks better food-wise, if it's arranged on the plate different way, I feel like I enjoy it even more. I'm a visual person. It kind of filters through my eyes first. And then I feel like I can enjoy it a lot more. Otherwise, why don't we eat milkshakes upon Or straight from the pond. So what is your view on this? Do you think following a trend can help us achieve an effective habit implementation? Here I think it's good to discuss some books that talk about habit implementation to see if a trend can move us towards sticking to one. The problem is not starting. In a lot of cases, it's sticking to it. How many times we go to the gym on a Monday? The first of the year, we are brand new people. And then by February... There they are. New year, new me from January 1st. (laughs) So we are creatures of habit and routine. Charles Duhigg, who talks in his book about the three R's of habit implementation, he refers to the three steps of this habit loop as cue, routine, and reward. So cue is the trigger that reminds your brain to do something. And following this comes routine, which can be either physical, emotional, or mental. Once the routine is finished, the reward should be the part we are all waiting for. 
Now, the author James Clear writes about habits, decision-making, and continuous improvement in one of his popular books. You're aware of it, Andre. It's my favorite book ever. Atomic Habits is the book you give everyone for any occasion. It's your book too. (laughs) Now, based on this book, he wrote an article on how to start new habits that actually stick. And the part I want to focus on is the science of how habits work. He says that the process of building a habit can be divided into four simple steps. It's pretty much what Charles talks about. But he says it's the cue, the craving, which are the problem phase, and they are followed by the response and reward, which are the solution phase. I think this is where the popularity of a trend can unconsciously help. First of all, it's intriguing because it's a trend. A lot of people are doing it. We'd like to follow it because we crave the feeling of belonging, which is part of the three human desires. We also want to be cool. In some cases, we want to create further content on social media. And that can be a video on YouTube. We can take pictures. We can add stories on Instagram. Now, secondly, just like our ancestors, our brains chase that dopamine high. When we get a like or retweet a notification, the brain receives a flood of dopamine and sends it along the reward pathways, which we can see how a trend can help. Mm -hmm. When I look at becoming that girl trend, I can see very high potential for successfully implementing a new habit of eating clean or working out or loving yourself and feeling better in your own body. Yeah. In our episode about money, when I was talking about biases, I was referring to the fact that we can hack them to work for us. So I guess it can help us implement a habit more effectively. If we surround ourselves with a lot of content around becoming that girl, if we feel like this is what we're lacking, it might be helpful in that way to just see lots of people doing the same thing. But I want to go back to Atomic Habits because you've already mentioned it's one of my favorites. <laughs> and if you're one of my friends, I'm sorry that you received this present on every single occasion, but it's actually really helpful. Personally, I think this should be the go-to book for anyone who is trying to implement a new habit because it offers really, really valuable advice in terms of how to actually stick to a habit. I want to share one of the biggest hacks that I got from this book, and it's about stacking habits. So let's say you want to ensure that you drink more water. In stacking a habit, you would pair something that you already do, such as looking at your phone with taking a sip of water. Obviously, there are certain setups that you have to prepare to be successful. For example, you can put like bottles of water around your house. So every time you look at your phone, you have to drink a sip of water, but you also make it very easy. So you'd hack your brain into becoming more successful in implementing a habit. In the same way, well, I use this to work out. I used to prepare my gym clothes in the evening so I can get away oh, the that. I like that. Yeah. It really worked for me because I didn't have to go through the effort of getting out of bed and thinking about what the hell I'm supposed to wear today. So it made it a little bit more easy. And you can take this idea of habit stacking even further into your life for whatever it is that you want to achieve, as long as you stack it with something that you already do. Mm -hmm. Andre, in this day and age, how do you think trends are impacting the world? I think trends can impact the world both positively and negatively. For example, look at journaling as a trend versus fast fashion. I think it's very obvious which one is the positive one and which one contributes to the damage of the planet, you know? But I think the word trend has been normalized now with the invention of social media. But trends have existed for centuries. If you ask me what is a trend 10 years ago, I'm pretty sure that I would have answered that a trend refers mostly to fashion. 
WGSN is one of the companies that do trend forecasting for various industries, such as beauty, fashion, interior design. And I heard of them when I was a student, right about 10 years ago. They are really interesting in the sense that they use both qualitative and quantitative data, including consumer insight, in order to predict the trend for the next decade. Whilst I was studying, I went to one of their conferences, and I remember how shocking it felt to me that they were talking about a 10-year trend prediction. They mentioned in that particular conference that what will become trending is a more personalized customer experience in terms of pretty much every industry, not just fashion. They were talking about appliances that can be customized for the needs of that household. So I remember looking at some kind of stove and a fridge, and I was thinking, no, that feels so out of this world, but here we are. 10 years later, using skincare that has my name on it, we get pretty much customizable experience in everything. They were talking about how that experts travel across the world and they predict how trends are born. So how do they know what will be the next trend? They've got experts who they send across the world and they also keep an eye. At that point in time, I think Twitter was mentioned. I'm not sure. It was a long while back, but they are looking at what kind of topics people bring up and what are the hot points. What I like to think is that trends are born from a small spark that ignites aspiring the society for change. So that's what they were saying, that it's a small group of people that talk about something that is a very common pain. I just think it's so interesting, the fact that they can forecast what's going to happen in 10 years, considering that I don't even know what I'm going to eat next week. Now, if we look from an economic perspective, trends can have a positive impact on the world because we can see how it creates new jobs or more jobs. If I'm just looking specifically at this becoming that girl TikTok trend, you go to the salon, get your nails done, your eyelashes, you invest in skincare also books, courses, supplements. So there is consumption, which helps the money flow in the economy. And there are some interesting facts. Apparently, the self-improvement market size is expected to reach 14 billion by 2025. 14 billion. Well, well we're definitely contributing to that. Well, <laughs> apparently roughly 75 million of the global consumers of self-help services are actually millennials. Explains a lot. But I would like to see where Gen Z is falling into this because I feel like they are more likely to go after fast fashion than we are. Probably. And I don't know whether that's got something to do with the fact that we were born between two worlds. So for us, self-gratification came a lot later in our life. We weren't born with it. Apparently, millennials are willing to spend 300 US dollars per month on personal development. Like I said again, how many atomic <laughs> habits copies I bought for everyone in my life? <laughs> so you're helping a lot here. Yeah. Three quarters of self-development book readers are actually women. That's very interesting. And if we are looking at health trends, OECD actually did a survey on this and they said that life expectancy has increased in all OECD countries over the past 50 years. They said that you can see the progress being slowed down in the last decade. The causes of this slowdown in life expectancy gains over time are mainly impacted by heart disease and stroke, rising levels of obesity, diabetes, as well as population aging, which have made it difficult for countries to maintain the previous progress. 
However, if we are looking at becoming that girl, this improvement in mental health and physical health, I can see how this will work in our benefit long term. You can't help the economist in you, but you do have a very strong point. I think an overall trend that helps with the well-being of people. It kind of works against all the stressors that we're facing at the same time. So no wonder that that is the common thing. Exactly. I've also came across recycling trends. Clean River blog, they discuss the main upcoming trends we should expect in 2022. And they say how we can recycle more plastic, have more advanced city recycling programs, improve facilities, rethinking the linear manufacturing process, which I think we can see. I know H&M had something similar. You bring your bag of clothes, get a voucher, then they can recycle it. Yeah, and we will see more retailers doing that and incorporating it into the manufacturing process because I think fast fashion is a big problem for the planet and not just of today. We knew that this was coming a long time ago. If we are thinking on how these particular recycling trends will help us, we can see this will lessen the harmful disruption and damage being done to the natural world. This will long-term help us. What do you think is so appealing about trends? In our second episode, when we were talking about money stories, I have touched on the cognitive biases that we have and how they impact our relationship with money. Do you remember that? Like it was yesterday. <laughs> okay, get seated and buckle up because our lazy brain has done us for good yet again. <laughs> so we follow trends exactly because of one of the cognitive biases that we have. This is called bandwagon effect. We tend to do certain things if we believe that a lot of people are doing them. The way this manifests, for example, is when many people begin wearing a certain style of clothing, obviously as they see others adopt the same fashions. The other thing that pops to my mind is because we haven't quite yet mastered how to have a virtual social life and we all have this desire to connect to others. I believe that it helps with the creation of feeling like we are belonging or maybe that we are part of a social community, be it virtual as well. What's so appealing about trends? What's your view on this, Anna? When you say belonging, when I looked into this, they say that human beings are essentially pack creatures. So we just tend to follow our peers or what the rest of society deems as acceptable. We tend to go along with others or follow trends, often as the result of peer pressure, which I found so interesting. But in the same time, because if my friends are doing something, I tend to, you know, follow their lead because I want to feel included. And they say within a person's social group, there will often be a general consensus of opinion regarding what is acceptable, what is considered or perceived as normal and what is expected of the individual within the group. Well, why do we tend to follow these trends or why do we tend to follow the crowd? I found a number of things discussing this and one of them was because it's easier. And they say thinking, this is the biggest part. Thinking is hard work, particularly hard work to do it well. So much easier to just let someone do that for you. And like I said before, our brains are wired to be a little bit lazy. They also say it's because we don't like to be wrong. And I so relate to this. If a lot of people are doing that particular thing, it must be right. So they call this the mob mentality. And also because we like to be part of something successful. If a trend is going viral, we tend to follow it because we already see it as successful because so many people follow it. It makes us part of the crowd because we tend to think that we are one of the cool kids. 
even though probably we aren't. Both speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently we want others to look at us with admiration or jealousy. Another one was because if we don't stand out, we fit in. And apparently no one likes to feel left out. We look at all those people over there buying Apple watches and we think, if I don't have one of those, I'll just look awkward or out of touch. Yeah. And I think this goes back to what we said about who invented those standards in our mothers and our grandmothers. Well, it was exactly this kind of mom mentality. You don't want to stand out. You yeah. need to do that. Hence the pressure, right? On that note, sure, we see what other people say on social media platforms. You know, it's my favorite part. <laughs> so here we've looked at what other people that have tried this trend for a period of time and felt about it after giving it a fair shot. To be honest, I looked at YouTube videos of girls trying it for about a week or so, and I've seen people that were positively impacted by it, but I've also seen girls that felt triggered. Mm -hmm. You know, the way you arrange the food on your plate. For someone that has eating disorder, that didn't feel right. One of the YouTubers said the issue is how people perceive things. It's okay to take inspiration from bits of a trend, but you don't have to become the whole thing. Yeah, I found someone saying that now people are following somebody's entire structure of their day. And if you're going to be on social media, you have to be very sensitive to which accounts you follow and how they make you feel. Another YouTuber said, I find that this trend makes me feel bad. It seems like there's only one way to be productive. If you don't wake up at 6 a.m., then you're not that girl and you're not good enough. And that's exactly what we discussed. Seems like even this particular YouTuber, she'll just follow one example. She won't look at it as, you know, wake up early. Maybe early for her is 8 a.m. You wake up at 8 a.m. and try to eat well or exercise or go for a walk. No, she literally follows someone else's perception of becoming that girl. and then. This is how she ended up feeling about it. Yeah. And like I said, if you are going to follow something that is so directive, I mean, if I would copy your morning routine, I would probably be exhausted by the end of the day and vice versa, because you'd have to make bread. (laughs) And you know, I'm not a baker. The kitchen is not where I belong. Someone else said that I was waking up every morning and I felt like there was something missing. For me, it was getting up in the morning and making a smoothie. These habits helped my personal growth and made me feel better. And I got motivated from seeing other people and forcing myself to have healthier habits in my everyday life. And by the way, this is coming from a creator that creates a lot of content around that girl vibe. I think she took exactly what was important for her. And that's the reason she vibes with the trend. Yeah, so you can see how it worked in her benefits because she probably took what was missing from her life and made it her own. Another content creator said, I'm not good enough, I'm not healthy enough, or I'm not thin enough. This kind of social comparison can end up making women feel worse about themselves. And I think, you know, this is also a very valid opinion. I particularly felt triggered when I seen it for the first hundred times. I think that the truth is somewhere in the middle. Now, if you had to describe in one phrase your own perception of becoming that girl, what would you say? Every girl is that girl by simply being. Oh, that's beautiful. And I would say, as with alcohol, consume it responsibly. Mm-hmm.